We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Welcome and thank you for joining us for week two of the NFC East Feast, where the Cowboys, Commanders, and Eagles will look to continue to build momentum after week one wins, and the New York Giants will look to score their first points of the season. Um, I want to dive right into it, George. I want to go live to the scene, Washington, D.C., home opener, uh, the Harris-Magic-Johnson era. How was the energy in that stadium? Oh, man, just rolling up to that stadium, you could tell it was different, man. Uh, You know, honestly, probably 95% Commanders fans. I really didn't see any Arizona Cardinals, maybe one or two. Um, But, yeah, man, the energy was in the air. I've been to several games at FedEx in Landover. I usually go every year, and I've never heard sounds that was coming from that stadium like I did that day. Uh, It was extremely exciting. Obviously, 9-11 with the flyover. um, Just, like, all of the energy was just out of this world, man. I could not have, you know, just being there, like, having a cocktail and watching – them warm up you know it's just it's different when you're out there john knows because it's not a hometown team you know we're not able to see him all the time so when people you know i think my wife saw me watching and they're like god you're just like so mesmerized blah blah blah. and i'm like i i just i think about this stuff all the time and i don't really get to see a ton of it in person uh but yeah i i definitely fanboyed out and i told her it was similar to her and taylor swift and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, man, it, uh, overall, the the environment, um, you know, the game itself, uh, that's a little bit of another story. But um, as far as the environment, man, it was it was just awesome. But I, I want I want to hear John's take on the game and then I'll kind of get into what I thought seeing it live. So take it away, John. Sounds yeah, good. absolutely, man. I mean, so you could definitely tell I think that they did a decent job in the coverage kind of showing. Um, you know, that we dominated the stands. I mean, say what you want about the Cardinals fans not traveling. I don't think that's what it was. I mean, you got the vibe, like I said, all offseason that the fans were excited to celebrate. And I felt like, you know, all in all, I, I think that they did give us some stuff to celebrate. You know, it wasn't a perfect game. It's week one. Weird stuff can happen. We essentially have a rookie quarterback. So I kind of went into the game, like, with tempered expectations, albeit, like, I'm thinking we're going to win this game at least, right? And there was definitely a couple moments in the game where I got a little nervous, you know, when we were trailing, you know, end of the second quarter, third quarter, thinking, oh, God, here we go again. Like, can't let this happen. So I really obviously, the the glaring, uh, you know, obvious thing in the game is the defense just handled business, right? There was a point in time in that game where you could tell the defense, you know, looked at each other and said, we got to win this game. There was like five plays in a row that were negative plays, I think, by the Arizona Cardinals, essentially all because of our defensive line. Montez Sweat played an incredible game. It was awesome to see him kind of really take over there when it it mattered the most. Um, And then also, obviously, you've got Big John Allen, Deron Payne that did their thing. They don't always show up on the stat sheet where it counts, um, but they obviously make massive impacts on the game. And they saved, you know, 
kind of a, a somewhat fledgling quarterback in in a in a game where you know he did enough things that could in most NFL games cost you right. He's got the poor, you know, he's got an interception, which is typical of a rookie QB. He's got the, you know, bad decision-making, bad ball handling, backed up on our own end zone. So I think Sam made some mistakes, but he did a lot of good things too. So I think we're just going to have to grow with him. Um, I, I'm i more optimistic watching him uh, than I think I was just because he showed me what I thought he would. He was no worse. He was no, maybe he was a little bit better. And some of the things that I saw. So I'm encouraged. I'm happy with the win. A win is a win, right? Um, so I'm stoked. We got the dub in week one and saw a lot of good things. Um, but I'm sure, George, yeah, like you said, seeing it in person, probably some things you saw that we didn't. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. Watching the game, we were noticeably better athletes. Uh, the entire game. Um, now, I know that we had big turnovers. You know, Sam Howell, I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, as far as on the television, but his arm got hit for that pick. Uh, that was a oh. wide, that was a wide open Jahan Dotson that would have been completed for 15 yards. His arm was hit on that throw. Um, so I'm not going to go ahead and be, you know, give him too hard of a time about that one. Uh, the fumble, obviously he's trying to escape the pocket. You know, he, he kind of takes his eye off the ball a little bit. The D lineman strips sack fumble for a touchdown. I mean, honestly, and then, of course, Otonio Gibson with another fumble, bro. That guy's oh, done. That guy's – I'm sorry, dude. Like, that – it's getting to the point where, you know, Brian looked good. You know what I mean? I, I, I just I, – I don't see how long he's going to be with us being into our contract here. But outside of those three turnovers, man, we win this game 20-7, to 7, bro. Like, I, I, yeah. I just I, – I think that we would have dominated them. Um, you know, Lud swallowing the points was probably a good move there. It was just some kind of freak turnovers. The turnovers for a touchdown, you mean you, – it's it's really hard to come back from, you know, that uh, turnover for a touchdown, two more turnovers after that, and you still win the game. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest with you. I noticed yeah. – it was noticeable, dude. I told Brian or this earlier, Sam Howell has an arm on him, dude. Like when he wants that, that that fifteen yard dot, like in someone's chest, it is humming, and nice. uh, it, it, you could you could really tell the difference. And I will say this about our defense: super happy with our defense. But again, how do you open the playbook as an Arizona Cardinal O, o coordinator with basically a guy that's been in the system for two weeks and Josh Dobbs? Yeah. So you have to. I mean, I I definitely gave him that. Uh, you know, you're, they couldn't really scheme for this. They were just trying to get the ball off. I mean, there was QB sneaks, uh, just very standard stuff you see um, out of a you know at a high school football game or a college football game. So again, I'm I'm definitely with you on our defense. I think that we have better athletes, but uh, when we get to the game in Denver, like it's going to be different. They're going to be able to scheme. There's you know week two is going to be a really big test for us, but. But I, I, I don't know if I'm high or down on them. I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing week two. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, boys. Well, I don't want to uh, rain on your parade because you can't you you won uh, the game on opening day. That's that you know that's that's job number one. But you were trailing to the Arizona Cardinals in the second half. Uh, this is a, this is a team that we we all widely um, unanimously considered the worst team in the NFL. So like. If, if you played a lot of other teams last week, I think you probably lose. But that, that doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of positives, as, as you guys said, you can take away from the game. And you're 1-0. You're tied for first place, and, and, and that's all that counts. 
Interesting observation by you, George. Um, Sam Howell, um, coming out of college, I didn't think arm strength was, was exactly his uh, going to be something in the NFL that uh, was impressive. But you know, when, like uh, when you're up close, uh, you, you get a different perspective of this game. I, I think it's interesting. Like uh, you obviously were were, were sitting very close uh, watching this game live. John's watching this game um, on the NFL Sunday ticket, so he's watching all 60 minutes of it. And I'm just watching the high. I'm 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 on red zone at one o'clock, so I'm just seeing the highlights. So I'm I'm seeing you know obviously Sam Howell throwing the sidearm pass to Brian Robinson. That's real pretty. Um, Sam Howell has two career starts and two career rushing touchdowns, so I think that's impressive. He's not afraid to move, um, but also the turnovers. If you guys turn the ball over, I think uh, two times against uh, Denver in Denver, probably not going to win that game. Uh, but we'll get to that game uh, here in just a little bit. But at the end of the day, Commanders are 1-0, George. And I know the feeling of, of flying out to see a game and coming home with a loss is really tough. So I'm glad glad they got the W for you, buddy. Yeah, that went bad. W- one more thing on this game, actually. I was just reminded of it. You know, we actually, you know, one big thing for us was focusing on the turnovers um, and winning the turnover battle in the offseason. And we had a couple of opportunities for turnovers ourselves and another little cherry on top for our defense because I agree with you, Brian. There's probably a lot of games if we play that way that we lose. But our defense didn't let up a touchdown. And I know the Arizona Cardinals, you know, offense obviously struggled against us. I don't think they're very good. But that's just, you know, it wasn't all bad. No, for sure. I think they had like 200 total yards. It was, it was, again, they looked dominant. They looked just a better team. A manual force yeah. with a with a PBU and all that could have been an interception, could have been possibly pick. pick six at the end of the game. I mean, yeah. Oh, and by I the way, it, throw the, throw the ball to Scary Terry. I mean, that why not? Please, he is because, your best player and captain. So hopefully yeah. they, util, they utilize Terry um, more against Denver. Um, I'm interested to see. We'll get into this later. Uh, who Patrick Sertan is matched up against? That'll that'll dictate a lot of where the ball is going against Denver. Um, but an, another team in the NFC East that had, I would say, an up-and-down opener was the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. Guys, we talked about it last week. Shane Steichen is now in Indianapolis um, as their head coach. Last year, the Philadelphia Eagles averaged 400 yards of offense, one of the best offenses in the NFL under Coach Steichen. This year, Ben uh, Brian Johnson excuse me, is the offensive coordinator. They got 250 yards of total offense. That's a big step back. Now, this is a road game, week one, against a Bill Belichick coach defense. We talked about uh, our, our boy with the red sleeves, Matthew Judon. He was a factor um, uh, being in Jalen Hurts' face the whole game. Jalen, to me, played good, not great. Um, he did have a nice touchdown throw to Devontae Smith. But all in all, the the, uh, the defense of the Patriots, uh, they kept that, that one-two punch of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in check. They didn't let the Eagles um, beat them with their legs, whether it be the, that, uh, that deep backfield or Jalen Hurts. So I think, to me, that I take away from this game, the Patriots um, aren't going to suck this year. Like, Matt, uh, excuse me, Mac Jones had over 300 yards passing. That's impressive. Um, but, of course, Darius big play slay. He makes a big play, gets a pick six. So the Eagles are just, they're just good enough to win when they're not on their A game. So I think they're going to be just fine. They're going to be one of the top two or three teams in the NFC. But I think they have come back to the pack a little bit for me. And as a Cowboys fan, and obviously as a Commanders fans and all of our Giants fans out there, that's got to be exciting to think that uh, this division, uh, the talent level is maybe closed a little bit and, and uh, a little bit more parity. Everybody has a chance. Um, John, what are your, what are your thoughts uh, on the birds? I definitely kind of feel your sentiments there, but I don't know if I would go that far with the Eagles just yet because I've mentioned this before, but last year there were just times where I felt like they had some weird or wonky games. And I don't know if that was came down to play calling or just 
you know, I, I wouldn't dare say the players because I think they have so much talent, but they get up, you know, 16 nothing in the first quarter, which is a typical kind of Eagles start. And then as we've seen in the past, sometimes they let their foot off the gas. And you definitely can't do that, like you said, against a well-coached, especially defensively led Bill Belichick team. Um, but, I mean, they also, if you look at the, you know, the box score, it looks like a typical Eagles game, right? Like Jalen Hurts, 22 for 33, 170 in a touch. And then it's just a bunch of guys running the football. And, I mean, they didn't have the best yards per carry. But Kenneth Gainwell, 3.9. Um and Jalen Hurts leading that rushing attack, like the Eagles do a really good job offensively. And then in the times where they have to, um, you know, get the ball out to those stud wide receivers, those guys make plays for them. Um, so, I don't, like I said, I don't know if I want to judge it too quickly. There's still so much talent on that roster. And while, yeah, the game looked a little bit more contested than I think some people thought it would be, it's still Philadelphia. Like they're still a pretty dominating team. Their yeah, defense I think... obviously looked insane. Very talented defense. I think the theme of, of this podcast and, and probably every sports show across the nation this week is going to be overreaction to week one. So definitely of not course. something that we want to do. Um, but, George, to you, do you see a chink in that Eagles armor? Or do you think this is just um, Nick Sirianni was um, upset with himself? I didn't play my guys enough in the preseason. We're going to be okay. Oh, your boy's ready to overreact. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Brian Johnson, dude. People are already talking about it. Jalen Hurst looked lost out there, bro. Yeah. Looked lost. They didn't score a touchdown after the first quarter. He didn't throw a pass past nine yards until the half of the third quarter. Wow. The, I'm telling you right now, the Eagles are different with this play caller, and I think that it's going to take some time, dude. I really do. I I don't see the dominance like we saw from last year. I, I really don't. Um, you know, even the defense giving up 300-plus yards and three touchdowns to Mac Jones, his – I don't know. His passer rating was, I think, 26 of 33 quarterbacks, dude. Like, Mac Jones Oof. is okay. Um, and to give up 300-plus yards and three touchdowns to, to, to Mac Jones with, honestly, not very many weapons, it's got to be an interesting net week two for them against the Vikings. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. I think that's a big test. But, yeah, man, I am interested. Yes, yeah, yeah. Both uh, the Vikings obviously are coming off much worse of a week one because they lost to uh, Jay Ludd's uh, lowly Buccaneers. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get to that game in just a in just a minute, guys. Any final thoughts on Eagles Patriots before we uh, jump to Sunday Night Football? No, not no. for me, man. Yeah, I mean, All just right. the, their, their turnovers really got them in the game, and they won because of turnovers. Yeah. If not, they would yeah. not win in that game. Yeah, defense yeah. definitely assisted the yeah. win there. Yeah, I mean the picks um, alone. And, so. and for what it's worth, uh, Jalen Carter I think played about thirty snaps in this game. Every play he was in, he's an absolute monster. I think that guy's Monsters, defensive dude. defensive rookie of the year. It's so insane. All right, let's get to my favorite Manual part Forbes. of the show, and that's going to be Sunday night football, where my Dallas Cowboys put up a forty burger and shut out the Giants forty to nothing. Before I get into my rant, George, last week you scoffed at my comment when I said that this Dallas Cowboys defense was the best in the NFL. I just want to know, do you believe me now? No, I don't believe you. I still, okay. think, the, I still think the 49ers are the best defense in the league. Yes. Okay. No, that's fair. Yes, that, yes. That, that's about the only team you could put up put up there. Um, uh, John, do you mind if I steal the stat <laughs> that you sent me about the Giants um, and, and all, everything that went wrong in that game? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, guys. No team has ever lost a football game 40 to nothing or worse 
lost the sack battle seven to nothing or worse, lost the turnover battle three to nothing or worse, had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown, and thrown a pick six. No team has done that in an entire 17-game season in NFL history. The New York football giants managed to do it in three hours. So um, is this just the best defense, as, as, as I said, in the NFL, and, and this is going to happen week in and week out, or are the Giants not very good and they're going to take a step back? The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But let me talk about my Cowboys for a second, guys. I'm excited. Last week, uh, we had the SAT word of the day was bloviate. Well, I don't want to bloviate over those 15 guys that I told you about last week. I want to talk about a few guys that I didn't even know were on the team that were making plays. Our leading tackler was Marquise Bell, a second-year safety out of Florida A&M. Had like 14 total tackles. We had a, we have a, a young man, an undrafted free agent from Georgia Tech. His name is Wanye Thomas. I love that name, Wanye. Wanye Thomas came in. He's the one who blocked the field goal. He also had a few tackles in the game, and a guy that we traded for right before the season. We traded um, my old friend Boss Man Fat. We traded him to the Dolphins, and in exchange for Boss Man, we got Noah. Igbrignagene, I can barely say the young man's name. It's pretty good. All I know is he scooped up that blocked field goal and ran it back for the first touchdown of the Cowboys season. This kid was once a first-round pick from the Dolphins a few years ago. He was only 20 years old when he came out, so he's still only 23. So I'm excited to see if he can develop into something. But it's just crazy that I, that the depth of the Cowboy, of the Cowboys' defensive line. Micah Parsons had a sack. Odigi Zua had two sacks. Dorrance Armstrong had two sacks. Demarcus Lawrence had a sack. I, I felt bad for Daniel Jones. As bad as he played at one point in the game, Daniel Jones had more interceptions than completions. But I don't think it's all on Danny Dimes. I've never seen a quarterback consistently run for his life. Every single play, he was so uncomfortable. They couldn't get anything going. And I, I just... I just think the Cowboys are going to be something special on defense. Clearly, I said that last week. I'm going to continue that um, going into this week. I mean, I think we're licking our chops, looking at Zach Wilson. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, John, what do you think about my Cowboys doomsday defense? Yeah, I mean, I'll be brief. Unfortunately, in my new schedule, uh, I passed out like literally like a couple, couple of minutes into the first quarter, it felt like. But I did see, obviously, the blocked field goal. Uh, return for a touchdown. Um, I did see, I think, the interception return for a touchdown, so I got I got to see a little bit of the game. Um, but it definitely felt, uh, you know, going to bed that, oh, the, the Cowboys might put this thing away early. I don't know if the Giants can bounce back from this. Um, I mean, the Giants had a decent first drive, so, you know, it kind of gave me that feeling that, all right, this, this could be a close game. But by the time I fell asleep, I knew something feels wrong here. And when I woke up in the morning to 40 to nothing and started scrolling through the stat sheet, I was like, wow, man. Once I got a chance to watch some of the highlights, to your point, Brian, some of the guys on, on y'all's team that, you know, were lesser name individuals that are contributing, that's always a good sign because not only does it show depth, but it shows that you're well coached, shows that you're, you know, you're doing things correctly. So got to give your Cowboys a little bit of credit there defensively. Um, offensively, I mean, Nothing really jumps off the page to you, um, but you didn't have to do much, right? I mean, this is how the Cowboys want to play football. This is how they've wanted to play football uh, probably ever since Dak's been their quarterback. Um, they don't want to be in situations where they're trailing and Dak's got to throw the ball to win. They want to play tough defense, and they want to let Tony Pollard or whichever running backs they've got uh, tote the rock. I was surprised to see Deuce Vaughn 
uh, on the stat sheet, um, was really the only person running the football for your team that had less than four yards per carry. So um, looked from the the stat sheet like the Cowboys uh, in every facet of the game, offense, defense, special teams, just dominated uh, the poor, poor Giants. Um, I'd like to see and I'd like to think that the Giants will bounce back from this, but we'll see. George? Yeah, I mean, anytime you score on defense, on special teams, and on offense, you're probably going to win the game, right? Um, so, again, I think that it was a dominant performance on the side of the defense for Dallas. I know that Giants basically were second-string O-line was in there for the second half or what have you, and people were talking about why Daniel Jones was in there. Obviously, Dallas created that, right? There's a reason why other people came in, because they were getting dominated. Now, I also think that week one is a liar. The Bucks honestly dominated Dallas last year, the first game of the year. You know, yes. the, the 49ers got their ass kicked by the Chicago Bears. So you do have to realize is that week one is a liar. I'm not saying that it that the effort and the dominance was not there because it was, absolutely. But we kind of have to hold our horses a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. And John, um, to speak to what you were saying, it's it wasn't uh, not everything was coming up aces for the Cowboys. Um, Dak Prescott did not look great. You know, did not have a good completion percentage. Only threw for about 140 yards. But to defend Dak and Daniel Jones, and honestly, half of the NFL, including Jalen Hurts, terrible weather all across the all across the Northeast. Um, yeah. a, a lot of wind and a lot too. of rain. You maybe that's why Aaron Rodgers um isn't playing right now because that terrible turf oh. in MetLife. Um, but yeah, so no real passing game was able to get established, obviously by by the Giants or the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb had a nice uh, long gain; he had 77 yards. And our guy Tony Pollard, good to see him get two touchdowns in his first true game as a number one running back. Um, and one final note on my defense, guys: they're they are fast, they are aggressive, and they are freaking well coached. The lack of faith that I have in Mike McCarthy is honestly soothed every time they shoot the camera up to the press box, and I see Dan Dallas Dan Quinn with his hat backwards. That guy is the best. The, not only he is the best assistant coach in the NFL, I would say he's better. He's a better head coach than probably at least a dozen up in the league. The fact that he wanted to come back, he could have had uh, that job in Denver before Sean Payton got it, but he wanted to come back to be a part of something special. And uh, Dallas Dan, I'd say after week one, we got something special going on in Big D. All right. Now let's go on to week two. And the reason we're doing the podcast a little bit early Whoa, this wait, week, wait, guys. You don't want to talk about the Giants at all. Just that kind of disrespect for them. I, I just don't want to be mean, John. If you, I, 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 I have nothing. I, I, can't, I can't think of one positive thing to, to say about them other than they came yeah. away un, and nobody got hurt on them. You know, like at least they didn't lose anybody to injury. They looked – Saquon looked pedestrian. Uh, the, Trayvon Diggs, how about my boy Trayvon forcing two fumbles when Saquon caught that pass? Trayvon Diggs leveled him, man, playing physical. I love to see it. The receivers looked inept. Uh, Darren Waller looked like the only one on their team that actually had any kind of like threat. So that's good to see if you're a Giants fan, him to get a couple uh, targets out there. The defense did play okay. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, of course, and those boys up front held the Cowboys um, in check, both both running and passing the football. So I will say their defense, the Giants, uh, they're they're above average, and I think they're they're going to take out their frustrations on the Cardinals. Um, do you guys have anything to say about these uh, lowly Giants? Yeah, I mean, just like I said, from from the highlights I watched and stuff, it just and we kind of talked about this pre-pod. It just looked like probably snowball effect, and just you know things got out of control quick. I do think they're still a well-coached team, and I don't think that this necessarily spells the end for the Giants. So, 
Yeah, I think they're definitely hoping for people to write them off. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 No, it's good bulletin board material. If you yeah. look at uh, the Cincinnati Bengals started off 0-2 last year, and obviously they started off terribly this year. I don't think anybody was worried about Burrow and the Bengals. They're going to be just fine. And hopefully we can say the same thing about the Giants a month from now. Yeah. All right, guys. Back to business. Um, Thursday night football, we got an NFC East team. We got – the Vikings traveling to Philadelphia. The Vikings coming off of, I think, one of the biggest upsets in the league. Despite Justin Jefferson going crazy for 150 yards, the Vikings lose to the Buccaneers. And kudos, uh, Luds will come on here soon, to the Bucs. They played a great team game, as he said. Baker Mayfield had struggled, but he came out. Apparently, he read the Vikings' defensive signals at halftime, and he was he was telling them, oh, you know what, when I check to this, this they're running cover three when I say this. So he, he really um, quarterbacks that game to victory for them. Uh, Mike Evans gets in the t- gets in the end zone for uh, for the Bucs. Good to see him still being productive. Um, but, but to the Vikings... Uh, this is this this is disaster for me. Uh, I mean, name name the reason that they're going to lose. Kirk Cousins on prime time, uh, traveling to Philadelphia on a short week. Uh, I don't believe that uh, Alexander Madison really has has, has shown us that he's going to be a capable replacement for Dalvin Cook just yet. Uh, it was good to see their rookie Jordan Addison get into the end zone in his first game. So they could possibly have a real nice pair of receivers there with him and Justin Jefferson. But I think this Vikings defense, to me, is bottom 10 in the NFL. I don't really see uh, anybody elite on their defensive roster at all three levels. Uh, but Philadelphia is going to have their hands full because they're injured. Kenneth Gainwell was the clear starter last week. Uh, DeAndre Swift only had one carry, I think, and uh, two carries, George, thank you. And uh, Rashad Penny was was benched last week. He's a healthy scratch. Obviously, they're going to bring Penny off the bench this week. So between Penny and Swift and Boston Scott, we'll see what kind of running game they assemble. That's still a, a pretty deep backfield. But I think Jalen Hurts gets back to uh, the MVP form we saw last year, where um, I think more comfortable at home, going up against a susceptible defense. Uh, Philadelphia is about a touchdown favorite, so that tells you Vegas thinks that they are clearly a better team. And I'm going to agree with Vegas. I think the Eagles get it done by about a touchdown. I'll say uh, Philadelphia 27-20. to How about you, George? Yeah, I mean, again, key injuries from Philly. Uh, but another key injury from the Vikings is the center, uh, Garrett Bradbury. I, I think that... For Kirk to to not have his center with him against that type of defensive line, it's really going to give him fits. I mean, I I could see Jordan Davis uh, having a really big game here. I think Fletcher Cox might be out, but again, he is an older gentleman, and I don't think they're too concerned about it. Uh, But but – yeah, it's, it's going to be a battle in the trenches. Kirk Cousins, prime time. We've all said it in the past. We don't really know what we're going to get out of him. I actually think he's worse at home in prime time than he is away, so maybe there's something there. But, yeah, it's gonna if the Vikings take this one, it's going to be extremely high scoring. And, again, we don't have we don't know about Brian Johnson's play calling, right? We, we, we're not 100% certain on that. I think the Pats had a better defense than the Vikings, like you alluded to, Brian. I do see the Eagles taking this game. I'm going to go ahead and not maybe not a, as a wide margin as you said, B, but I'm going to go 23 to 27 Eagles. Okay. John? Yeah, definitely leaning Eagles here too. Um, sh- we talked about it already. Short week, but then also they're at home. Like Philly fans we know are just awfully obnoxious. So they're going to get loud. They're going to get crazy. The Vikings coming off of a tough loss um, might might be coming in a bit deflated. And you're coming into a place with 
uh, a team that has a phenomenal defense, as we've seen in the past with the Philadelphia Eagles, and maybe not so much this past week, but a team that, you know, historically last year uh, was was really dominant in the run game. And on a short week, that is, uh, you know, the definition of, of how you succeed on a short week in the NFL. Strong run game. Um, we'll see if Brian Johnson can get a hang on the play calling. Uh, George, yeah, definitely highlighting uh, on the opposite side of the ball, having the Vikings center out. I, as soon as I saw that, I just realized, thinking Kirk in prime time, about to get literally just destroyed from every direction. Like the worst possible position you could have go out for protection purposes against a freaking dominant Philadelphia Eagles D. So I definitely think the Eagles get it done. Um, Thursday night games, I feel like the under is usually the smart move, right? I feel like these are usually low scoring. People are beat up, especially week two. Like, um, So I'm going Philly 24, uh, Vikes 17. Okay, so we all we all got it between like three points and a touchdown. Um, George, you mentioned Fletcher Cox could miss in this game. Um, joining Kenneth Gainwell on players that are definitely out are starting cornerback James Bradbury and starting safety Reed Blankenship. So the Eagles are a little bit beat up, and, and, and as are the Vikings. So you never know in this game. Um, last year, these two teams played early in the season. I think it was week two on Monday night football, and yeah. Kirk Cousins laid, laid an egg, and the Eagles yeah, dominated. I remember. So I, I would think that history probably repeats itself. We're all on the Eagles in this one. It's going to be so, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of quick passes. I, I think they're going to have to have full, you know, Full protection yep. packages for for Kirk, and if they're smart, you know they'll they'll go that route. If if they have any chance to do this, because if they if they run a ton of play action and, and long developing second third read plays, it's not going to look good for them against that defensive line. Let me ask a quick fantasy impact question here. Uh, DeAndre Swift, right? Like you guys mentioned, didn't get a lot of love last week, um, but with Gainwell out, somebody's got to run that football for them. Is DeAndre Swift somebody you have any confidence in starting? <laughs> Possibly at a, at a as a flex, I would say that's questionable. Though knowing the Eagles, like they stuck with Gainwell last week, because I think he he's been there and done that. Don't be surprised if Boston Scott leads the team and carries this yeah. week. You know, I was he knows the same that system. It's a trust thing would, too, for sure. I would stay away yeah. from Swift and sit into, until I see the production. If he if, if he if he can just get fifty yards and a touchdown this week, I think going forward you feel good about it. But right now, you got to see some results first. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, let's go to the only winless team in the division, the uh, the last place New York Giants, who are going to look to rebound against the Arizona Cardinals, a team that just played an NFC East opponent. And I think the Giants uh, absolutely get it right here. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. So Vegas is telling us they're over uh, better than a touchdown um, in a neutral field against the Cardinals. I think uh, this Giants defense is going to be playing angry and going to be playing aggressive. Uh, Josh Dobbs is going to be in real trouble in this one. I think their only hope at offense is if, if Hollywood Brown can get behind the defense for a deep play. If Other than that, I, all they did last week was throw it to, like, Zach Ertz had, like, 10 targets, but he had, like, 26 total yards. Like, just yeah. underneath little dinks and dunks. No threat of a, of a big play. James Conner um, out of the backfield. Um, I know he was respectable last week against Washington. Like, averaged, like, four yards a carry. And he caught, like, four or five passes. So, if they can lean on Conner, maybe keep the game close. If they can get a defensive touchdown, obviously, like they did last week, that would be huge. I just don't see it happening. I'm looking for Saquon Barkley to uh, to earn that paycheck that he got. Although you could still argue he's underpaid at $11 million. He's one of the better uh, paid running backs in the league. 
and he's one of the the best uh, talents in the league. I got Saquon for easily over 100 total yards, him getting in the end zone, and one of these Giants wide receivers, whether it be um, your Darius Slaytons, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Paris Campbell, maybe Wandale Robinson, one of these guys uh, sparks with Daniel Jones, and of course, uh, big boy Darren Waller is going to be there um, at tight end. Look, look for him to uh, to get some mismatches against this Cardinals defense. I think the Giants get it right, and I think they win this one going away. I'm going to go G Men 26, Cardinals 13. Yeah, that's George. Man, that's a definitely a live slotted score. I, to be honest with you, I really just I love Jonathan Gannon's scheme. Um, I think he's a really good coach. I, I what? You come in? You come here with a fire in your belly? I'm uh, no, no, no. I I'm not saying that he's the greatest motivator. I'm saying that he does. He has a solid scheme on defense. Okay. And did it not work with him in Philadelphia? I don't know. You guys Do you tell take me. The bus here. <laughs> Do you drive a car here? <laughs> I love how quiet it got when I brought up freaking Jonathan Gannon, dude. No, I, I really do. I, I think that he's he's solid and I don't think they're gonna give up a ton of points. Um yeah. I, I do I don't you know, I don't see Arizona winning this game by any means. Uh I, I think that we saw them last week and that, again they weren't able to open the playbook. Maybe maybe they're able to open it a little bit more, maybe a, feel a little bit more sense of security, maybe they feel a little bit more confident after after kind of leaving DC with, you know, some highs and lows of that game. I see this game a little bit closer. I, I know that the Giants are more motivated than probably any other team in the NFL right now after getting absolutely embarrassed. And, and I could see that side of things on why you'd want to swallow the points here uh, 100%. I, I think, you know, in my first beginning gambling, I would jump all over this game. I'd swallow the points 100,000%. Um, but again, I, I think that football is football. All the players on the field are very good. Um, just because the Giants are supposed to dominate doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen. I still think the Giants are pretty horrible out of their offensive line, and I still think Arizona has a de- decent defensive line. So I think that they won on that matchup. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Giants here. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them twenty to seventeen. Nice. Yeah i I was going back and forth on this one, thinking about the about week two coming up. All day, and I think, Brian, I was originally leaning with kind of your thoughts on this, that the Giants are going to have a massive bounce-back week, and they're going to come out and stomp the Arizona Cardinals. But the more that I thought about my reaction to the Washington game, I I don't think the Arizona Cardinals, and this kind of goes to George's point, like, this is the NFL. Like, all of these players are good. The Arizona Cardinals may be the worst team in the league, but if they are, it's a very high floor this year. Because they are, they were not as bad as I thought that they were going to be. I, I don't know if that's just because we heard it all week long uh, in the media. You know that, that oh, Washington's playing the worst team in the league. Um, and I, and again, I didn't get to see a ton of what the Giants did against the Cowboys. Obviously, it wasn't good. Um, so they will be motivated, but so will Arizona. Um, they, you know, they're not going to be happy continuing to hear that they're the worst team in the, in the division or in the league. So. Giants have to travel to them. That's always tough. Um, I, I do look for Danny Dimes and Saquon to get right uh, on that offense. It sounds like the offensive line uh, kind of fell apart. So if they struggle, um, I could absolutely see the Arizona Cardinals taking this because they did do a decent job putting pressure on Sam Howell uh, against us. So um, I, I do think I am still going to lean the Giants, call it NFC feast uh, homerism. Um, but 
I'm going to take the Giants 21-20 in a tight game. Okay. All right, guys. Now we're going to the home opener for the Dallas Cowboys. We are going to be hosting the New York Jets. I know that although the Jets pulled off that overtime victory that, you know, Jets fans are down bad, man. Uh, Honestly, the whole city of New York is down down bad after last week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers throws one pass in his Jets career. And he ruptures his Achilles. Terrible to see it. The guy's about to turn 40 years old. I know there's a lot of debate on if we're ever going to see him on a football field again. Um, But obviously, we we wish Aaron Rodgers a speedy recovery. But back to the X's and O's. Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter, is now under center again for the New York Jets. And uh, that guy's been nothing but a bust since he came into the NFL. I think his short time underneath the wing of Aaron Rodgers, you saw it throughout Hard Knocks. I'm sure he picked up a few things. I think uh, Troy Aikman said it on Monday night that despite Zach Wilson's ability on the field, he is more mentally prepared to be an NFL starting quarterback right now than he has ever been. But come, he's going against Doomsday defense. Micah Parsons told you all. Put the league on notice. We the best. Like he's 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 echoing my sentiments. I think that we pick off right where we left off on defense. I'm expecting multiple turnovers. I wouldn't be surprised if it, if the defense uh, gets into the end zone for a touchdown. But juxtapose that on the other side of the ball, the New York Jets are a top five defense in the NFL as well. And oh by the way, their special teams had a touchdown. Um, uh, Gibson the returner. Um, in in overtime, just like our special teams generated a touchdown. Those those corners, uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, uh, two of the best corners in the league. You've got uh, C.J. Mosley, one of the best linebackers in the league. Quinn Williams, one of the best defensive tackles in the league. So at all three levels, the Jets are coming at you with all pro type of players. I think this is going to be a rough day for Dak Prescott, to be honest with you. I don't think Dak builds on um, that 140 yards. I think he's probably uh, held under 200 yards. And look for him to maybe throw his first pick of the season if he tries to get cute, thrown into coverage against Sauce Gardner. So be careful, Dak Prescott, and let's lean on the running game. Tony Pollard, as I said, two touchdowns last week. Great to see that. Um, Deuce Vaughn didn't get really involved last week. Maybe he gets a few carries. What I did think was interesting, though, is they used our kick returner, Cavante Turpin, in the backfield. And Cavante Turpin had a rushing touchdown. So maybe he's going to be the undersized guy to get some gadget plays rather than Deuce Vaughn. Either way... Um, I need I need the Cowboys to rely on the running game and rely on their defense and hopefully get a couple of big plays from C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, or Michael Gallup. Um, but I think uh, all in all, just because Aaron Rodgers is out, uh, Dak Prescott, you can say he's not good. You could maybe 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 he's average, but average is better than Zach Wilson. I got Dak over Zach in a defensive battle. I'm going with my Dallas Cowboys, twenty-eight to seventeen. Oh. In a dominating performance again, you could call it. And against, yes. like you said, I think a pretty decently talented Jets team. Really, really, you know, you mentioned it's a bummer for Jets fans. It's a bummer for that team. Kind of a bummer for the NFL, man. I was really kind of excited, as you guys know, uh, preseason to see what Aaron Rodgers could do with this team. They're obviously really young. I do think that they're going to come out playing motivated, right? I feel like they all kind of probably now still have some sort of sense that they owe something to Rodgers with this season, even without him at the helm. Um, but Zach Wilson, man, that's going to be a struggle um, for this team. That Garrett Wilson touchdown was 110% Garrett Wilson created. That could have, I mean, if the cornerback was paying attention, that could have been a pick um, in the end zone. I mean, that was just a bad, it was supposed to be a back shoulder throw. It wasn't to the inside shoulder. Doesn't look good. 
there's obviously been a ton of talk about them looking for a free agent quarterback. George, I don't know if you saw, there was mention that they may be interested in Jacoby Brissett and offering some some stuff to, in a trade to Washington. A lot of talk. They've recommitted to Zach Wilson. I, I think that's probably your best opportunity at this moment. But if things get worse for them, I could definitely see them shuffling that position around some sometime during the season because they're in win-now mode, as you mentioned, Brian. They have a top-five defense. And uh, Sauce didn't play too well in the, in the last game. Um, so I think he's the kind of guy that's going to hear all the outside noise uh, questioning his game. So I'm right there with you. Dak, don't get cute because Sauce is going to be looking for a pick in this game. Um, but no, I think the Cowboys, you know, just as talented a roster, if not better at this point, because you do, like you said, have an average to slightly above average quarterback where they don't. So um, probably a tough game, but as you mentioned, a home opener for your Cowboys. So um, I've also got this one. Nine points seems like a ton uh, that they're giving yeah. for Dallas here. But um, I say 24-20 Cowboys. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I actually like the under on this game a lot. I think it's going to be really sloppy if the Jets have any type of competitive nature to them in this game. I um I, I I like the Jets defense. I think we kind of covered. I also like Brees Hall, man. You know, I, I like Brees Hall, and I, I think he can carry the ball well. I I don't think the Jets have the greatest offensive line, and I think there's there's a reason why you know Rogers got a lot of pressure. So it, it is scary going against someone like Micah and and the rest of the boys there. But but yeah, man, I I, I think that Zach Wilson has officially probably got the biggest second chance in football. I mean, if we can all remember that he was probably the most hated quarterback in the league last year after calling out his defense and individual players, he really does have a chance to kind of seal up his name a little bit. And I, I, I honestly, I, I hope for him, he takes advantage. You're talking about this number two pick in the draft, dude, probably one of the biggest busts ever if he doesn't pan out. Um, so, so again, the Jets defense needs to show out. It needs to be a, a sloppy game for them to, to be in contention. So I'm banging the un, under here, and I'm actually going to go 17 to 20, the boys. I love right. that. I feel like me and George both are just so anti the Cowboys winning 40 to fucking zero <laughs> that we're just like on the Jets bandwagon here. Like, hopefully the Jets pull it out or figure it out. The but Jets was probably, Zach Wilson. probably the like, Cowboys. Yeah, the only one of my three was Zach Wilson. It makes sense for sure. Yeah. George, I, uh, I, I like your insight a lot that the Jets offensive line is definitely a weakness on their team. So Zach Wilson dropping back in the pocket is, is going to be a problem. But Brees Hall looked fantastic coming off of the ASL surgery. He had a couple of big runs against Buffalo in that comeback win. And he also got the veteran Dalvin Cook, who's burnt my Dallas Cowboys a few times over the years. So lean on those running backs, Jets. Maybe get that defense gets you a, a, gets on gets you a turnover and you make this one a dogfight. Yeah, but we're all on the Cowboys. Is not trash, man. The Bills defense yeah, is not no, trash. Not. Yeah. not to mention you got freaking Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs back there who will be happy to take a freaking pick six to the house. Oh yeah, hold up, hold up, George Van Riper. George, last week I, I kept receipts like Deion Sanders keeps receipts. <laughs> Do you remember when you said that Stephon Gilmore was a dinosaur, a shell of his former self? Week one's a lot. He had a bro. 91 PFF grade and an interception last week. Don't so my drop, boy don't is still drop PFF grades on me, bro. I'm not, hey, I'm my not boy not still has some tread on the tires. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's finish up these games by getting Rocky Mountain high and going out to Colorado because that's exactly what the Commanders are be doing. They'll be playing in Mile High Stadium against the Broncos. 
Broncos lost a close one to the Raiders last week in Sean Payton's first game. So I know that that Coach Payton is going to want to have his boys super focused and not go 0-2 and have the wheels start to fall off like they did last year in Denver. Um, John, you had a an interesting text. Uh, how like at this point in their careers, Sam Wilson, excuse me, Sam Howell and Russell Wilson are kind of eerily similar in body type and the way that they move around. And right now, honestly, Russell Wilson did not look great last week. I would consider them around the same talent level. Um, but of course, Russell Wilson, uh, you know, that, this is a former Super Bowl champion. I don't know if Jerry Judy is going to be healthy in this game, um, but Cortland Sutton did get in the end zone last week, so he's got to rely on Cortland Sutton, and he's going to be down his tight end. Greg Dolchich is, is injured, so they're going to lean on Adam Troutman. Um, so, George, I'll let you get into the, uh, more of the X's and O's on this. I do have one question for you, George, though. I have Javante Williams on my team, and I'm considering putting him on the bench. How are you guys stacking up against the run? Do you think it's a good idea for me to bench Javante Williams against the commander's defensive front? I think it's going to be a little bit of a sloppy game. So I, I, I it could be a, a four yard touchdown. You know, it could be, you know, that's kind of a hit or miss for me uh, specifically. But as far as like a, a, a view of this game, I have a hard time picking the Broncos here. Um, and I'm not just high on them because they're my team. I, I think the Broncos aren't very good, man. I, I don't think Sean Payton and Russell has really kind of done a great job getting to know each other. I, I saw some things Sean Payton kind of called out Russ, you know, about Russ Inc. Um, and, and, and putting more into the team than, than his business. Kissing babies. And, and so it's so, and honestly, I don't know if Sean Payton's really ready to get back as a head coach. I think he's already kind of regretting it. This weird, I have this weird vibe where I'm like, is he super happy to be back here? I think he really liked to be liked. Really liked to be like, oh my goodness, where are we going to get Sean Payton? I think we got a little bit of technical technical difficulty um, on yeah, George's end. Again, George. yep. Yeah, you're back. Uh, go ahead. You were talking about Sean Payton. Um, George, George is no longer, um, recording. So John, we're going to have to, we're going to have to throw it down to you. Um, what are your thoughts on uh -oh. this? Game? Bummer, man. Um, I don't know if I have, I don't know if I'm going to say the same things that George was going to say, but I also not in a, not in a homeristic fashion, but I definitely give the edge to, uh, the commanders in this game. Um, yeah, I definitely, it's funny because I literally sent you guys that text earlier. And then on my drive home, I was listening to Sam Howell's press conference. And um, he was basically saying that he mocked his game uh, growing up or his favorite quarterback to watch growing up was um, Drew Brees. And then second to that, he absolutely feels comparisons to Russell because he was saying that he feels like he has a very similar game to Russell Wilson. And he uh, and that, he you know, obviously they have kind of similar body types, too. Um, but I think that's huge because for us, Russell Wilson starting out. Um, wasn't necessarily electrifying with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think he did, if I remember correctly, I think he did have his bumps and bruises. Um, but he played on a team that had a really good defense and a pretty damn good running game at the time with Marshawn Lynch. So if we can mimic yes. those things and kind of bring Sam Howell along um, and eventually give him, you know, some opportunities like the, you know, let Russ cook, we need to let Sam cook. Am I right there, uh, Lutz? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... 
I do. I have a lot of confidence going into this game for a lot of the same reasons George does. I don't. Uh, watching the Broncos, I didn't think that they were a very good team uh, this week. Um, so I like for us to go into mile high. That makes me a little bit nervous, right? You've always got that home field advantage there uh, with the elevation difference. Um, sometimes players, you know, it, it can tire them out. Weirdly, Ron Rivera has this like uh, kind of theory that if you fly, I think he likes to fly in like right before the game. Um, he basically wants you to be there within 24 hours of the game play before your body even kind of to his theory has a chance to recognize uh the elevation change i don't know if that works or not might be some hippie aaron Rodgers voodoo uh, <laughs> ayahuasca but, yeah but rivera seems to believe in it um so i, I do I, I look for the offense to um kind of get back on the mend the denver broncos defense is also no joke um but i think that you know, to George and I's point earlier, we did a lot of things that hurt ourselves. And I think that Arizona Cardinals game would have looked a lot different had we reduced the turnovers. And one bright spot with Hal so far this season, I've noticed that he's, he seems to not make the same mistakes twice. On the flip side, um, I, I think our defense is going to build on that confidence. I'd love to see Chase Young get activated for this game. Um, but even if he doesn't, I really do think that we had a ton of opportunities uh, for turnovers um, in that game. We dropped multiple opportunities. Um, and uh, I just really like the growth and the confidence of the defense. I think it's finally getting to the point, or at least it started to feel like it last week, um, that this defense can really be what we've always thought they're going to be. Um, so I would love to see like an Emmanuel Forbes pick. Um, obviously, I think we're going to get a decent amount of sacks here. Hopefully, Russell Wilson doesn't exploit what George and I mentioned last week, that running quarterbacks sometimes can take advantage of our over-pursuing uh, defensive ends. So stay home, uh, defensive line, do your thing, uh, get that rush up the middle, get in Russ's face, and he can't see you over the defensive line. So uh, I'm going to take the commanders um, in a tight win here. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, with the home field advantage, I think the Broncos keep it respectable. Commanders to win on a late field goal, 17-14. Nice. Well, I know that um, but before George's audio cut out, he, he uh, was trying to say he doesn't believe that Denver is going to win this football game. So I don't have a score from GVR, but I know he's going with the Commanders um, as well, John. And just a, a side note for the listeners, uh, George and I have a $10 bet because Jay Ludd's, um, he's going to start the Broncos defense and not the Commanders oh, defense. Oh, I forgot about this. And George, George is vehemently disagreeing with me. I'm saying Denver's the better call. So whoever has more fantasy points between Denver and Washington, George and I will have to exchange a $10 bill. Um, but I'm going to go with Denver in this one, no, not because of course you uh, are, Brian. Uh, not, nothing against Washington. I just think that um, if if the team that they are is the team that showed up last week, and that group shows up at Mile High Stadium, I think Denver's just a little bit better. Like, Denver's favored three and a half, so if you take away the home point, this game's pretty much a pick em, and that's what it is for me. I'm curious, I don't know Denver's defensive scheme, if Patrick Sertan either sticks on one receiver and follows them, or he plays half of the field. But either way, much like Dak is going to have to avoid sauce, Sam Howell, stay away from Patrick Sertan, go, go, go pick on their number two cornerback. So it doesn't matter if that's Terry, if that's Curtis Samuel, or if that's Jahan Dotson, um, whoever's not being covered by Sertan. I looked for them to have a, a good game. But Denver does have a good pass rush as well with Randy Gregory. So Sam Howell is going to have to play clean football. Can't turn the ball over, Sam. And if, if I think if Sam Howell is turnover free, the commanders get the win. I don't think it happens. I think Denver on a late field goal. I'll go Denver 
24-21. Nice. Coming off of a winning week, Jay Luz was 2-1. and one. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, pretty good start. I thought uh, thought Washington would be able to pull it out against Arizona. Should be should be 3-0, and but like they said, a lot of that game was more of the turnovers than really, uh, you know, I guess, score looked a little worse when you actually look at the box scores. Just some timely turnovers that kind of cost him, cost me that spread. Sure. But, Guys, I'm gonna start right, with the, I'm gonna start with the Jal- uh, with the Jets and the Dallas game, man. I'm gonna jump right into it. Um, okay. I think if I'm the Jets, before I get into my pick, I think I'm making a call over to the Indianapolis Colts and I'm trying to bring in Gardner Minshew, man. Mm. Give up a pick. Um, Not bad. The guy's a, a certified starter. He's won games. Um, I think he can run that offense smoothly. They love to run the ball. Um, Colts are. We know they're not going to be a playoff team. Gather some picks if you're the Colts. And Richardson's look pretty good, so maybe they stick with him. But yeah, if I'm the Jets, I'm making a call over to Indianapolis, man. How but about anyway. um, old fr- old friend of the podcast Carson Wentz? He's currently unemployed. Could you see him? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, Ca- Cowboys. Yeah. I think are up to minus nine and a half now. Nine and a half. So B, um, I like Dallas in this game. I think Dallas wins this game. Um, they're at home. Home it's opener, baby. You know they're tough. Let's yeah, go. they're tough at home. Um, the only problem is I don't see them covering the nine and a half point spread. Um, it's a lot. McCarthy, and by the way, McCarthy, what a prick! I mean, you're up, <laughs> you're up thirty something nothing, and you're still running Tony Pollard out there with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like I was almost hoping that one of your guys got hurt. To be honest, like it was, oh. it was gross. It was gross. Um, slap in the face to the giant. Watch out next time you play the Giants, bro. If I'm them. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah, guys, I got the uh, I got the New York Jet, uh, Jets plus nine and a half this game. I got it twenty one seventeen. A little bit low scoring. Uh, you got two solid defenses. I mean, Dallas looked great yeah. on defense, and we know the Jets defense on uh, that D line, man. I mean, Prescott's probably going to get under, be under some pressure. I think Dallas is going to really have to establish that run this week. Um, you know, Jets have good corners. Good secondary. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, my ex-Buck, three picks three. against Josh Allen, dude. Three picks. I mean, uh, that's wild. That Jets defense can get after it. So, yeah, I do have Dallas in this game, 21-17. All right, let's, let's go to uh, th- Thursday night football, though, to kick off yeah, the it is. I should have. Yeah, I should have started there. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, Minnesota at Philly, guys. Philly at home. Philly's favored by a touchdown, seven points. Um the key for me is I know George had mentioned it and brought it up is Bradbury, the center for the Vikes out. I mean, that's huge. Uh, all you guys talked about it. You got that Eagles D line. We saw what kind of pressure the Bucks put on Kirk Vikings turn over the ball three times, cost them the game. Um, I think the Eagles can probably get a couple takeaways this game. I am going to take the Vikings here though. Plus seven. I think the Vikings can put up points. I think the Eagles offense still being early in the season is a little shaky. They haven't really I, – I think with Gainwell out – Gainwell is out, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, I, I think um, Swift's still kind of new to the offense, new to the team, learning the O-line a little bit. I just don't think they're going to be able to run the ball as well. Um, Vikings love to uh, – with Flores running that defense now, he loves to crash that, that line, man, loves to bring the rush. So I think Jalen's going to have to use his legs a little this game. Um, I do got the Eagles 28-24, Minnesota plus seven. I think it's a close one. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. What are we going to next? We go to Giants or or Commanders next? Uh, We'll we'll go with the Giants. Um, 
as you guys said, I think the Giants are going to be hungry. They are on the road. Arizona's defense played pretty well. Um, I think uh, fantasy-wise, they were one of the top defensive scoring teams. Uh, I yeah. think, like we said, that Washington has oh, turnovers. But that's football, man. You're, you're out there on defense trying to get the ball back. I mean, you're trying to cause turnovers. That's a big part of the game. Um, I think, like you guys said, I think the Giants are going to be hungry. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything like we saw last week. I think Saquon gets the running game going. I got this one actually 24-13, guys. I got Giants minus 5.5, so I'm going to swallow the points on this one. Um, And then to end the week, guys, Washington at Denver. I'm just not a Russell Wilson fan the last couple years. I I think the guy should be on the verge of retirement, to be honest. I mean, um, but I do like Denver's defense. I think Denver's defense is strong at home. Um, how impressive, impressive first start. I, I still think coming in, I think Denver's going to have a pretty good game plan against them. I don't think Denver with Sean Payton in the new era is going to want to drop to 0-2. So I'm with B. I do, I do have Denver in this game. I actually have them covering the minus three and a half. I got it 23-17. 23-17. So, and then to end the week, guys, I'm going to start with my upset parlays. Let's go. You know, I could have easily went with Minnesota plus seven and and um, and the Jets plus nine and a half. I could have just said, "Hey, roll with those two picks," because I feel pretty confident with those. But I had to come up with two yeah. other ones. I like Jacksonville Jaguars at home. These the Kansas City Chiefs guys Ooh. plus three, plus three. Trevor Lawrence. I like the way that offense is rolling. I think if is Kelsey out, is I don't know. Practicing? Questionable, questionable. Especially if Kelsey's out. Um, I just don't think the receivers with Hardman gone, and I just they didn't show me much last week. I think Mahomes feeling the pressure a little bit. Uh, yeah, I like Jacksonville at home, guys, plus three. And I think I think honestly the Steelers defense is not what we saw last week as well. I, I like Pittsburgh at home face Cleveland this week. Oh, deep tissue Deshaun gonna get a little bit of TJ Watt in his face. <laughs> I like Pittsburgh Pittsburgh plus two and a half and a close one in that game. Okay. But I like it. So for the upset parlay, you got a couple of home underdogs. I like I like a home dog. Home mm-hmm. dogs, come on! Everybody loves a home dog. And of course, um, Luds is swallowing um with Denver and swallowing with the Giants, and he's pushing with the Jets and pushing with the Vikings on Thursday night football. Excellent job as always, boys. George fell off there at the end. We'll have him back next week. Uh, John, any final thoughts as we enter week two? Can't wait, man. Didn't get enough in week one. Wished it would have lasted longer, but here we are. Here we are, baby. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to the NFC East. Good shit. Man, what a bummer on George, man. man. He said he sent me a message. I think we're actually still recording. I pressed stop, but it's all good. Um, He (laughs) sent me a message. What did it say? It's still 